Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Tuesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Tzadik, Katamar Yifra, Ke'erez Balbanon Yisker. Shetulim b'vet Hashem, b'vet Hashem. Tzadik, katamar yifrach, ke'erez balvanon yizkeh. Shetulim b'vet Hashem, b'vet Hashem. Od yinovon b'sevah, t'shenin b'radnenim yihiyon. Le'atik t'yashar Hashem.
סלח לי אבי, כי חטאתי לך, וכל לי על כל פשע עין. על כל פשע ששכחתי אותך, היית תמיד בחיי. בכל הדרכים שהלכתי בעצם, היית לי נר הייתי עיוור, לא ראיתי מעבר למה שהביטו גם כשקשה לפעמים, שלא ייגמר לעולם. כל יום שעובר בדרכי לגן עדן, שיוויתי אותך מול Good morning, everybody. Welcome to a Tuesday morning broadcast. Ohad and the Kinderlach together with Melech Malchei Hamlachim. Before that, you heard Avram Fried, Itcha Ani. Mordechai Shapiro's Kol Aderech, Ashrecha done by Ari Boyanju. Mayor Sherman, Yehi HaChodesh Azeh, on this Rosh Chodesh morning. Tzadik done by Diaspora and Regesh. Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's Tuesday and it's November the 1st. No alternate side, by the way, in New York City. If you're in New York, <laughs> for some reason that always stuck with me. That on November the 1st, there's never alternate side parking. I think it was one time I actually 
moved the car and ended up getting a ticket. I think that's what happened. 30th day in the month of Tishrei. The year is 5777. Today is the first day of Rosh Chodesh Mar Cheshvan, a two-day Rosh Chodesh. All the traditional additions for Rosh Chodesh today, including Yalav Yavo and Hallel. Uh, special Torah reading, Mosav Bar Chinafshi, everything that you would add in your Nusach for Rosh Chodesh gets added today. 40 degrees outside with 80% humidity, winds in north at 5 miles an hour, mostly sunny with a high temperature of 60, then tonight partly cloudy, a low 51. Tomorrow mostly sunny and a high temperature of 71 degrees. All right. Yerushalayim is at 66. We're at 40 here in Jersey City as we say good morning at JM in the AM. Oh, by the way, dedicating the early portion of this morning's show to Mr. Kevin Conan. Mr. Kevin Conan of Edenwalk and Petopia, who's probably had shows dedicated to him before, frankly, with the way he treats us at his eateries. Uh, we are dedicating the early portion of this show to him this morning here at JM and the AM. want to thank those who are commenting on our app. Seems to be uh, something that more and more people are getting into, especially now that we're back into the swing of things with a full schedule after the holidays. So a big thank you to those who are tuning in. Uh, on our app and are commenting on our app. By the way, speaking of comments on the app, Mark Zamek later this hour is going to have a comment about our NSN, Nahum Siegel Network app. So stay tuned for that. Remember, as we continue to head toward our transition on December the 1st to an all-digital platform, we want to make sure you have the app, that you have your computer, that you have the listen line, that you have the um, a web radio, uh, that your car is ready, whether it's Bluetooth or an auxiliary cable to tune in. We want to make sure you are with us in the New York, New Jersey area as we make this transition. Speaking of the app, someone comments on the app, Worldwide News, Banji Gantrow's birthday. Please send her a very loud shout-out. Thanks and Chodesh Tov. Well, happy birthday. And yes, Chodesh Tov to everybody out there on this Rosh Chodesh Mar Cheshvan. 27 minutes before 7 o'clock, a JM in the AM Tuesday. We'll check in with our friends at OHEL as their big gala is coming up. We will check in with our friends at Kushner. Uh, as the Atid Society event is coming up. And, um, oh, Elliot Weiselberg is going to be here next hour. Elliot Weiselberg is going to introduce the Yeshiva League Sports Update for 5777. If that is not exciting, I don't know what is. Always amazing, the Yeshiva League Sports Update on Tuesdays. But the very first few weeks of the update are always pretty incredible as we get into the brand new season. So make sure you're tuned in. If you're, if you're an athlete, if you're a, a student, if you are a principal, a, a faculty member, a parent, a grandparent, a relative, if you are, if you have anything to do with anybody who plays in the Yeshiva League, you want to make sure to be tuned in every Tuesday, 7:20 Eastern Time, right here at JM in the AM. All right, I apologize for that. I don't understand why we have the... There we go. Wasn't quite sure why we had the dead air that we had. 25 minutes before the hour, it's JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. Malani is done by uh, Benny Friedman. Aspak Laria had Kuma. Eighth day had Hule Nachas with Suushiorim here at J.M. in the A.M. Mark Zamek is with us live via telephone. He's got, well, he's got so many roles when it comes to um, the Nachum Single Network and J.M. in the A.M. that I have to be clear why he's on this morning. And the reason is because he has some information for us regarding the NSN, Nachum Single Network app, which is important, especially these days, very important, because it's one of the easiest ways to transition with us as we go all digital in just a few weeks. So he'll update us uh, on that here at JM and the AM. Mark Zamek, welcome back to JM and the AM. 
Morning, Nachum. Good Chodesh. I good Chodesh to you. By the way, I don't know if you heard, we're dedicating the early part of this morning's show to Mr. Kevin Conan. Have you heard that? I don't know if you heard that. I did not hear that. I was in shul because of the um, delay, and I still am, for the delayed start. If you change the clock on Yom Kippur, we'd all be much better off. Yeah, in other words, uh, the tefillin issue is making everyone start Rosh Chodesh davening much later? Well, let's put it this way. I really do believe I should have said Shalom Rav in my shakhtar. <laughs> Very good. I like that. Yeah, I noticed that uh, in our local synagogue, uh, the typical Rosh Chodesh 6 a.m. was moved to 6.15. I'm assuming Zman Tzillin is around, what, 6.20, 25, something like that? 6.32. 6.32, wow. Yeah. So they're doing the old put on Tzillin and, uh, and either say the bracha later on or put Tzillin on later on. Uh, we stopped your Sabbath to put on Tzillin. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, well, you are here this morning uh, not to discuss the production of our amazing upcoming shows from Venice and uh, not to discuss the big TABC gathering for 8th uh, graders and their parents this coming Sunday. We'll have an opportunity to speak about both of those, I hope, on another occasion. But this morning you're here uh, to try to explain to me and to explain to all the listeners, because I'm sure they'll get it before I do, uh, some of the new features and some of the new uh, news items regarding the NSN app. Tell us what we need to know regarding this incredible and amazing NSN app. Um, so it, what, what's most amazing about it, as far as I'm concerned, so we haven't had it updated since we actually launched App 2.0, I guess it's uh, two and a half years ago, right? Right. Um, and, um, you know, the great folks of Rusty Brick have been amazing partners with us to be able to roll this out. And um, so in, in anticipation for NSN App 3.0, which is uh, somewhere down the road the next few weeks and months, as we move to an all-digital NSN world, we've started doing some, uh, let's call it, bug fixes and checks and, and little minor upgrades to, to change the infrastructure of, uh, of the app, and some of which are behind the scenes that the, most listeners you know, certainly would never even notice that they happen, like we've moved it to a different environment, right. it had more stability, etc. But um, this is the first time today that anybody who has their, you know, their iPhones or iPads updating um, apps, they will see um, an update from the NSN app today. Um, and I think it's technically 2.1.2 is the, uh, rever the, ver the version of it. What they will see in it is, is a little different layout on the screen, really very, very minor, just to lay the groundwork for future amazing things we're going to do. There is now an email feature built into the app. So if the app crashes or if there's a question or anything like that, that email feature um, and loop is built in to the app with its developer. So that's like a big infrastructure kind of shift. And, um, and also, I know there have been a lot of comments um, from listeners about um, the Bluetooth connectivity, certainly with the car, with, um, with headsets, and um, where you know, we believe we've taken that up to the next level as well in this release of the app. So um, hopefully the Bluetooth connectivity will be more stable as well as having that email function, uh, email support team, if you have any questions about the app. So, and plus little bug fixes, et cetera. Um, and uh, so hopefully there won't be certainly not major changes yet, but sort of laying the groundwork for the infrastructure of what is to come on the NSN 3.0 app, which, uh, which is in um, very far through its development. And just, right and just so I get it, so the, the, the most obvious of these changes to the user and for the user experience is the Bluetooth connectivity. Correct, and, and to some users they won't even notice. You know, right. a lot of people have no issues with the Bluetooth. You know, people who use it consistently. And it, look, it, 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 Bluetooth itself is 
I don't want to say it as emerging technology. I mean, it's a bit been around for years, but you know, every time I get into the car, all of a sudden, you know, some podcast I was into four days ago starts playing. I'm not sure why. It has nothing to do with, you know, it's just the way the connectivity works. Right. So we're you know just trying to get a little bit better handle uh, on that connectivity and moving from device to device. Because you know, most of us are using Bluetooth. You know, I probably have six or seven or eight different Bluetooth devices that connect to my phone at any one time. And, um, you know, and just trying to get that exactly right is certainly always a challenge, and we're doing our best to, uh, you know, to overcome it. Anyone looking to uh, do what we are highly recommending, whether you end up being a regular app user or not, because obviously there's going to be other methods to listen in to JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network um, uh, now and in the future, but if uh, but one of our recommendations is if you have a smartphone, Android or iPhone or an iPad, our recommendation is make sure to install the NSN Nahum Siegel Network app. You'll be glad you did. It's pretty easy to find. You simply go to your store on your phone and you search Nahum Siegel Network. You do all that, and you will have the uh, uh, you'll have the app in your phone, in your iPad, uh, in your Android phone, and you'll be all set whenever you need to tune in. And uh, you don't have if you don't have uh, if you normally use a different method and you don't have that ne- uh, method available to you, uh, then obviously you'll have the app at the ready. I think if you just type in NACHU, it comes up. You don't even have to type in the whole thing. The, the reason I keep emphasizing that is because, we, unbeknownst to me, people were searching NSN, and that was not giving them the oh. shortcut. So I wanted to make sure that they start to type in uh, Nahum Siegel Network, because as you just said, once you hit five, six characters, it's going to pop up, and it'll be really simple. So we, right. c- we call it the NSN app, but to find it, it's, be- it's best to uh, search for Nahum Siegel. All right, thank you, Mark. Um, I guess we'll talk about the other stuff at some point later in the week. Well, we certainly will. We have so much to talk about. It's unbelievable. And I know that you are working very hard to make our broadcasts from Venice, which I know are going to be spectacular, even more spectacular. So I thank you in advance. Uh, No problem. It's my pleasure. Thank you very much. Mark Zomek, there he is. Update on the NSN app. Again, if you would like the uh, app in your phone, in your uh, iPad, at the ready, as we like to say, search Nahum Siegel Network in your store, and that app will will pop up and will be... uh, available to you uh, whenever you need it, because there are people out there going to be listening on the listen line, some on the computer, some just on archives, not just, but on archives every single day. Uh, but there are going to be times when you're going to, uh, when you're going to want to listen live at some point during the day, um, and uh, you're desperate to, to, you know, to, to connect, so to speak, to us. And the easiest way is just at the touch of a button uh, by pressing the app on your phone. Automatically it goes on. You can comment, etc., etc. We've got some comments already this morning on our app. Get into this experience. It's one you will enjoy. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM Dial Broadcasting Live. From the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey, around the world on the web, jmnam.org. And, of course, as we keep saying on the NSN app, it's a Rosh Chodesh morning here at JM and the AM, Rosh Chodesh Marcheshvan. With 40 degrees, mostly sunny weather, and a high temperature of 60. Tonight, partly cloudy, low 51. Tomorrow, mostly sunny, a high of 71. Yerushalayim right now is 66 degrees. We're at 40 here in Jersey City on a Rosh Chodesh morning, the first of a two-day Rosh Chodesh. All the traditional additions for Rosh Chodesh are included today. Make sure to um, uh, include in your Nusach whatever is normally added for Rosh Chodesh. By the way, we mentioned yesterday, I posted over the weekend, I believe we mentioned on the air yesterday, the passing of Rabbi David Halpern of the Flatbush Park Jewish Center, one of the absolute legendary giants in the rabbinate. Uh, anybody familiar with the American rabbinate, especially in this area, 
uh, certainly uh, is familiar with the incredible career of Rabbi David Halpern. He passed away this past weekend. Our condolences, of course, to the extended family. One of the things that we are doing is we are um, uh, presenting on JM Rewind right after JM and the AM this morning. We are presenting on JM Rewind his visit to JM and the AM four years ago. That's happening right after JM and the AM this morning. Really an incredible interview. You get an opportunity uh, to hear it at NahumSiegel.com and on the NSN app. Galei Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for Tuesday's next Boker Tov from JNM. <laughs> חברון סוכל פיגוע דקירה סמוך למערת המכפלה, כתבנו ענבל תמיר. אישה פלסטינית הגיעה לעמדת בידוק ליד מערת המכפלה, לוחמים של משמר הגבול שחשדו בה החלו לחפש בתיק שלה, כשלפתע היא שלפה מהתיק שני סכינים שהחביאה בתוכו. הלוחמים עצרו את האישה, תושבת חברון כבת שלושים. לפי מגב, מחקירה ראשונית במקום עולה כי היא התכוונה לבצע פיגוע דקירה. המשטרה עצרה את הצעדה של ויקי קנפו שהחלה היום מביתו הפרטי של ראש הממשלה נתניהו בקיסריה לירושלים. היא שוחחה כאן בגל"צים רינו צור. התחלנו בקיסריה לכיוון חדרה וכבר עצרו אותנו משטרה. עוד לא הייתי, עשינו כבר מחאות וצעדות, בחיים לא קרה שעצרו אותנו ואיפה כתוב שבמדינת ישראל אי אפשר ללכת. ובמשטרה הסבירו שהפסיקו את הצעדה מכיוון שהיא התקיימה על כביש בין עירוני מהיר תוך כדי סיכון חיי אדם וללא שהמארגנים ביקשו אישור מראש. הוגש כתב אישום נגד תושב ענתה שאנס וביצע עבירות מין ביולדות בבית החולים שערי צדק בירושלים. כתבתנו דור מימון. מכתב האישום עולה כי הנאשם חזם רישק בן השלושים הגיע לבית החולים והתחזה לעובד ונכנס לחדר של יולדת וביצע באונס בטענה כי עליו לבצע בבדיקה. התנגדה למעשה ודחפה אותו, והוא עזב את המקום ועבר לחדרן של יולדות אחרות. הוא ביצע מעשים מגונים באישה נוספת, ומהיולדת השלישית ניסה לגנוב את מכשיר הפלאפון. הפרקליטות ביקשה להאריך את מעצרו עד תום ההליכים. המשטרה עצרה בנגב שבעה בני אדם בחשד להפרות סדר, הבערת צמיגים והשלכת אבנים על כלי רכב. כתבנו רמי שני. המעצרים בביר עדד שבדרום הנגב נעשו בעקבות הפרות סדר וגרימת נזקים כפעולות מחאה ליישובים סמוכים על רקע סכסוכי קרקעות עם גורמי שלטון. הבוקר נעצרו שבעה חשודים בגרימת נזקים, הבערת צמיגים והשלכת אבנים על מכוניות. תוך כדי הפעילות הותקפו כוחות השיטור בידי חלק מהחשודים. העצורים יובאו היום לדיון בהארכת מעצרם בבית משפט השלום בבאר שבע. מליאת הכנסת תקיים היום ישיבה מיוחדת לזכרו של השר המנוח רחבעם זאבי גנדי. יושבת ראש מרצ זהבה גלאון אמרה כאן בגל"צ לאראל סגל, אסור לכנסת להוקיר מורשת של עבריין. סיעת מרצ לא תשתתף היום בדיון במליאה. אני חושבת שאחרי שתחקיר עובדה, בעצם חשף פן של אדם שהתעמר בחיילות, שאנס אותן, שניצל אותן מינית, שהנחה לרצוח שבויים, להתעלל בגופות שלהם, שסיכן חיי חיילים, אני לא חושבת שה... הכנסת צריכה לציין מורשת של עבריינות, ובוודאי שאנחנו לא צריכים להיות שם. סגן שר האוצר איציק כהן מש"ס מותח ביקורת על כוונת ראש הממשלה לסגור את תאגיד השידור הציבורי. המטרה של האנשים ברשות השידור מצב בלתי נסבל, אנשים שם לא יודעים איפה הם חיים. עכשיו מה, מישהו צריך את הוודאות, מה קרה? למה כל הצער הזה? מה קרה? יכול להסביר מה קרה? חוקקתם חוק, יצאתם לדרך. מה קרה בינתיים? מה לא מובן? מה צריך להיות מובן? לבני הנוער בישראל. התחזית, גשם מקומי שיימשך. אלה החדשות שעורך דן דובין.
J.M. in the A.M. with Eitan Freilich. Before that, words from Hallel on this Rosh Chodesh morning. Yehuda Green with Hodu Hashem. Eli Marcus had Yishtabach. 18 after the hour, Tuesday on this November the 1st, the 30th of Tishrei. It is Rosh Chodesh morning. And for us, it's the first morning of the 5777 Yeshiva League Sports Update. Elliot Weiselberg is here in studio to celebrate this milestone and occasion. 
Good morning and a happy, healthy New Year to you, Mr. Weiselberg, and Mazel Tov to you and your kala. Thank you so much, Nachum. Thank you so much. Happy New Year and a happy Tuesday morning to you, too. Yeah, well, how could you not be happy if you're a coach or if you're a, an athlete or if you're a principal, a student, a parent, a grandparent, a friend, a relative, anybody who's associated with the uh, Yeshiva League, you know that Tuesdays at 7.20 Eastern Time is the time to find out what's going on. And it's going to be like that the entire season, thank God. You know, for those of you that love the summer, you know, you feel that first chill in the air, your first thought is, oh no, where's (laughs) summer going? When you're a Yeshiva League sports fan, that first chill in the air, it's goosebumps. That's the only feeling you get. You're ready for basketball, you're ready for hockey, and you're ready for anything else you could fit in because there are other sports, of course, that there are have been demanding so attention. many sports right. to cover this year. It's going to be so interesting piecing through it. Last year, there were so many sports, we had to go an extra couple of months just to catch them all. Correct. We went all the way, I think, until June, if I'm all not All the way to the end of the school year. Um, and we will, please God, and we'll obviously announce uh, all the final details once they're set. We're going to be presenting Court Report, which is Elliot's full-length show, Sunday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the stream at uh, com on the NahumSiegel Network. And again, we once that is completely set in stone, we'll let everybody know exactly how to tune in and when. And Season all that. four, Nachum. Could you imagine that? Our little baby's growing up. It's amazing. <laughs> four years already in the full-length show, and this update, as you know, goes back... So many more My years. My gosh, a long, long time. We already. have to be. I have to talk. I have to talk to Isaac to see when he started. I yeah, shout out to Isaac Benishai. It has to be going on twelve years now. I'm figuring, yeah, close to fifteen years. Yeah, somewhere around there. Um, anyway, so we have an exciting season ahead, I'm sure. By the way, as is traditional, we should do this now. A big shout out to the people who are responsible for the trophy that everybody is uh, fighting for and playing for and competitively. Uh, with great competitive spirit, um, um, striving for this season. And that's, of course, the trophy created by Crown Trophy, our friends uh, Mike Feller and company, who again, as far as you know, are Mm -hmm. going to be producing hundreds, if not thousands, of trophies this season to be handed out both individually and for team achievements. Trophies so grand, they're going into the mold today. (laughs) (laughs) They have to start early, huh? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Are there going to be photos of all the athletes with the trophy like they do do on the NBA uh, telecast? Oh yeah, everybody's just looking to get get their their photo taken. And they want to get their hands on it. They mm-hmm. want that, but they want it legitimately in their hands, like at the end of the season. Earning it. You could say that again. All right, Elliot Weiselberg is here, the brand-new Husson. We wish him mazel Thank tov. you so much. And now it's time to uh, embark on the brand-new season. Has there been any Yeshiva League action yet? Oh, flurry of action. Seriously? Last night there were a couple of games. Well, we there started were a couple already? Games over the last couple of days, actually. Oh, boy. JV Basketball has two games already. Westchester has played two games. Two very close games for them. Uh, coming out on the losing end of both. We're going to start out a little more in hockey because okay. last night varsity hockey had two games. Ramaz topped Westchester, but JEC and Mag and David squared off. Uh, Mag and David and JEC, nothing, nothing at the end of the first. JEC opened the scoring up with four in the second period. Wow. Finished it off with a runaway 8 1 victory. Two goals from Alicia Schmutter, Arye Marcus, and Natanel Kramer, all juniors. So JEC, they got a future, huh? Yeah, look, next year is going to be a very big year for them, although they are, they are helmed by their goalie, Jason Silverstein, whose father, Jonathan, had a birthday yesterday. Happy birthday, John, and congratulations <laughs> on, on the uh, birthday win. Um, but 
for he's a senior, so right. they're going to have to figure out what to do in net for next year. But for this year, they're going they're moving up very fast in the rankings, which we'll cover on the court report All when right. we get to the hockey season preview. So our New Jersey fans can pay careful attention to JEC when it comes to hockey. Mm-hmm. So those are the only two varsity hockey games to have been played so far. There are more coming up this week. It's already started. I can't I can't believe that it's it's here. Well, I noticed through some of the emails that um, opening night has become a big deal in a lot of schools. Oh yeah, there's going to be there are a lot of fans that that happen to attend opening night games and it's going to be it's going to be continuing this year. A lot of the basketball games are having that are having their pep rallies uh opening nights this year which right. uh should happen over the next couple of days. Uh what have what have you heard about certain schools that are doing that are doing programming? Oh, I would not uh you know me. I would not comment on any specific or individual school. Everyone knows where my allegiance is. Art. There are I wish, four, there I are wish four them, letters that belong to it somewhere. <laughs> and I wish them all the best of luck, and it's a lot of fun. The yellow and blue will be the yellow and sorry, the gold and blue will be out in full force. How do they look? Did they did they look good in hockey this year? Uh, yeah, not not on the top as they've been in past, but definitely in contention. TABC oh. is definitely one of those in the mix. But where they've been only in the mix in the past, they've come away with the championship, as right. Mo Fuchs will tell you. And if I'm not mistaken, in basketball varsity, who won the championship? Was it Hafter that won the championship? Last year, DRS. DRS, DRS completed an undefeated season, rolling all the way through, winning the Mag and David preseason tournament. Right. Going on to win the Cooper tournament, which is actually starting this weekend. It's this early because it's really late already this year. Right. right? So, well, this is actually when they, the Cooper right, tournament. Right. Typically, when it, when it is. Right. They went on to win the regu- the regular season championship as undefeated. They went on to win the Ashiva League championship undefeated, and then went on to win Sarachek undefeated. <sighs> they weren't favorites to win to to be. Uh, at the top this year, and then they went out a couple of weeks ago and won the Mag and David preseason tournament. Wow. So DRS really raising eyebrows uh, as to whether or not they could complete a second straight championship season. And so far, they've been undefeated going back to last September. So the target's on their back, huh? Oh, well, they're the defending champion. The target's always going to be on their back, and now they've only made it larger. Unbelievable. All right, so um, has there been any basketball action at there all? There has been. There was, there's was. been one game. Maor and Ramaz played to a very, very close game. Uh, Ramaz was up nine at uh, one point in the third quarter. Maor came back to take a two-point lead within the last two minutes. Ramaz ended up pulling out a close two-point victory. So the boys from Ramaz getting their first win on the season. Uh, preseason analysis when it comes to hockey and basketball, it's all going to be done on the court report? Oh, absolutely. Definitely looking forward to it. But there's, uh, I mean, it's basketball, the varsity basketball. You can already tell just based on the fact that the last two JV championships have featured Frisch and SAR. You know that the two of them have to be in the mix somewhere, along with teams like Flatbush and Heschel, who have right. both had very impressive seasons in the last couple of years. Flatbush making it all the way to last year's varsity championship. But yeah, we will cover all of that when we get to the court report. All right, and that includes interviews, I'm sure, with key people in both leagues. Oh yeah, as, as usual, our hockey interview is going to be with Coach Mo Fuchs. He and I are going to sit down, I believe, tomorrow night. So we could very well have something coming up very, very soon. All right, you'll let us know. We'll alert the listeners. Also, we should mention, in addition to the other sports Sports that demand attention, and we get that, and we try to do it, especially as you said, once the seasons really heat up and we get toward the uh, finality of the different sports. We should also mention that people would be amazed that the Yeshiva League has expanded to include not just varsity and junior varsity, but I know there are a lot of separate 8th and 7th and 6th grade teams that are going on, and, and even more junior than that, that are competitive uh, around the Yeshiva League. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we've There's been... Uh 
sixth, seventh, and eighth grade basketball and hockey for for many many years now. Obviously, in the, in New York with hockey and basketball, hockey has the MYJHHL, which right. I happen to be a coach in, and there's also the MJDSBL, which comprises the New York teams. And then out in Jersey, you have the uh, YMSSA, which is the overall parent of the basketball and just about almost all the sports except for hockey, which right. is the Hamish League. Almost as many initials as we have in boxing, huh? Fa- are, you, are you surprised I can keep track of it, all It's them? incredible that you know it all by heart, I'll tell you. And then, and then we're, it's, it's funny because I'm being asked whether or not our Yeshiva League sports update is actually going to expand the other way. Upward. I even I got a t- I got a, uh, a Facebook message this morning asking about YU athletics uh, because we know that the Maccabees have been amazing over the last year or two. Specifically, the question was about whether or not we will be talking about the Yeshiva University Max. Uh, can't say brand spanking new because they are a year old already, with, already with a championship under their belt. But the Yeshiva University men's roller hockey team. Oh, we're not even talking basketball. We're talking about roller hockey. Well, got to cover the guys who've won the championship first. They literally won the championship. They won the. They won in the, roller hockey. They won the division. Where was that final? Do you know where it took place? Oh, I don't even remember. Was it in the New York area? Um, Somewhere around here? Couldn't even tell you. It was oh. last year. Don't even remember the time, but because it was because the basketball game because the basketball outfit is um, featuring a very interesting twist this year. Ah, do tell. And that is that uh, I believe for only the second or third, I don't know the exact statistic, time in NCAA history, three brothers will be on the same team as the Hode brothers oh, yes. all take the court all at the same time. Hodes. I believe sometimes, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not the coach, so I can't say this for sure, but I believe sometimes actually we'll be on the court we'll at the same time. We'll have to ask Elliot Steinmetz exactly. about a strategy. We should ask him that, but uh, that's the question, whether, whether they'll ever be on the court at the same time, which I believe they will. We'll have, we'll have a Hode line out there. I got yeah. a chance to spend uh, <laughs> the time some them over the summer. That's Very funny. good guys. Hode line. <laughs> So, it, it's yeah. basketball, Elliot, but basketball. Hockey. Look, if we're if we're talking if we're talking hockey, we're talking basketball too. So right. the, just to answer the question, given the time parameters for the Tuesday morning sports update and how much time we really we really give to the Yeshiva League, we'll try to work it in. But for the court report, I'm definitely looking to make that a very big segment this year. All right, and people will be able, obviously, to uh, to access that through our archives. Not just they don't have to listen to it Sunday night live; they can access it through the archives. Sunday night? Are we doing a Tuesday night encore this year? And we'll do a Tuesday night encore. In addition to that, if anybody needs it, email to them. You know, I'm sure it goes around. I have, constantly. I have all the I have all the I have my computer right here. You, I have you have a list of people every, that, that are every, anxious to hear it each week. I have every court report ever reported, and then some uh, those that didn't even make the. <laughs> so there you go. All right, Elliot, uh, it's going to be an exciting season. Thank you so much, Nock. I'm very much looking forward to it. And the question is, what about this Tuesday, a week from today? Will we have a, a full report? Are there games going on? I would assume so. You'd know better than me. I'm here. Games are going on. It's the chill in the air. It's time for the Tuesday morning jam in the AM sports update. All right, so sports update one week from today as we continue this sports adventure, uh, one of our amazing features here at JM and the AM. Thank you, Elliot Weiselberg. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Nachum. Plenty more coming up on a Tuesday morning broadcast here at JM and the AM on this Rosh Chodesh morning. I thank you for tuning in. I remind you that uh, coming up at 9 o'clock this morning on a show that we call JM Rewind, Something unique. Uh, many of you heard over the weekend of the passing of Rabbi David Halpern, the uh, legendary uh, rabbinic giant of 60 years, of the Flatbush, 60 years plus at the Flatbush Park Jewish Center. He visited the radio station here at JM in the AM back in 2012 
on the occasion of his 60th year at the Shul. We are going to replay that interview uh, in his memory uh, coming up at 9 o'clock this morning. You can hear the entire thing at NahumSiegel.com and on the NSN app. And I hope you'll tune in and listen to what I thought was a really fascinating conversation. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. The Chovetz Chaim once said, In principle, there is a tremendous bonfire in Golos. There isn't a day that I don't get against my will newspapers and posters from all different sides who want to embarrass and cast aspersions on the other side. Machlokas, it causes me great pain that even in Eretz Yisrael, this Maisah Satan, the toll of the adversary, has been successful, and they've become enmeshed in Machlokas. I don't know who was Matir, who permitted the Avera, the sin of Lashon Hara, of gossip, of frightful sins, entailed in Machlokas. Each side thinks that the truth is with them, and the other side is what's causing the dispute. They think it's on their heads, but to our side, we will not be accountable for any kind of punishment. They should know that they are greatly mistaken. The worst thing of it is that the Chilol Hashem will come out from it. And specifically in our days, when there are so many tzoros chas v'sholom, we see the signs that Ikvis the Mashiach is descending upon us. The time of Mashiach is coming close. It would be worthwhile for everybody to strengthen their Torah study and their Masim Tovim, their good deeds. This will increase the peace, the Shalom in Klau Yisrael. Every person's heart should tremble that specifically at this time the Sultan is successful in escalating strife throughout many places. It creates a Chilol Hashem. I recently came across a fascinating piece. The Neid of Yehuda had a son-in-law who was a great tzaddik. They called him Rabbi Yosef HaTzaddik from Pozno. A Rav sent him a Shaila about the chazan of their shul, who was not a Shomer Torah Umitzvos. He did not meticulously observe the laws of the Shulchan Aruch. The Rav wanted to remove him from his position. The Balabatim, the people in the shul, however, didn't want this because he had a spectacular voice. What should he do? The great Gon answered him, Do not remove him from his position. The reason he gave was the following, Mutov lahamid selem bamikdosh. It would be better to put an idol in the sanctuary, v'al yarbe machlokes b'Yisrael, rather than to increase machlokes, dispute and strife in Klau Yisrael. The Parvicharov once said, that the Chovetz Chaim told him, you will be an Ish Matzliach, a successful man, wherever you go and everything that you will do, with the exception of one thing, Machlokes. In this, you will not see Hatzlocha. You will never see Hatzlocha. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. Jam in the AM on this uh, Tuesday morning, Rosh Chodesh morning, and I thank you all for tuning in. Sunday night, November the 20th, it is the Ohel 47th Annual Gala. 
And Miriam Weiss, Director of Development at OHEL for the past 18 years, claims it's going to be the most amazing OHEL gala ever. Am I correct? That's what you're claiming. Absolutely. The most amazing one ever. And I've been to many of them. So you have quite an act to follow, let me tell you, because uh, there's been an incredible run of amazing OHEL galas. And you are all invited to participate and be there on Sunday night, November the 20th at the New York Marriott Marquis, which is on Broadway in New York City. The buffet dinner will start at 5. The gala program will begin at 6.30, followed by dessert. There are some very worthy and distinguished honorees, and obviously we will discuss them and pay proper tribute to them coming up. There's great news at OHEL. They have a lot of unbelievable future plans that have been announced, and many of them have already been implemented or have started to be implemented. And we are joined not only by Miriam Weiss, who's Director of Development at OHEL for the last 18 years, and good morning formally to you. Um, we are also joined by Yitz Elman, Director of Adult Mental Health Services for the last 25 years at OHEL, who is in our studio as well. Good morning to you, Yitz. Good morning, Nachum. Thanks for having us. Off the air, I had an opportunity to share with you the fact that I've become somewhat familiar with one of the OHEL residences and their incredible work. I think, and I've said this publicly many times, I've said it privately as well, I think they do a remarkable job finding staff because obviously the residents who are in need of, uh, of supervision and loving care, uh, many of them are amazing people and uh, wonderful to hang out with, I could tell you, on a Shabbos afternoon. <laughs> uh, but the counselors, the staff members, not sure what the pro- is that the right word, counselors? It that, is. That counselors, would be proper? Sure. Uh, some of them are simply remarkable, and it seems all of them are really high qualified and take their job very seriously. So, They certainly do, uh, and a lot of training goes into uh, the work that the counselors are, uh, are involved with. Uh, it takes a lot more than just being a good person, but there's really there's a lot of uh, sophisticated trainings that people have to go through, and uh, we're happy to provide those and make that available to people. How did you first become involved with OHEL? Um, I think like many people who end up in the social services, your friends and families, families say, you're good with people. You should go work at some place that works with people. <laughs> and uh, I happened to know someone who worked at OHEL, and uh, I uh, you know, went for an interview. What was rest. your first job, your first task, your first... So I started out uh, working as a counselor at one of the residences. Yeah, as I was just uh, yep, describing. Exactly. So I was one of those great people right. that you just described. Where was it? At the uh, 41st Street residence, oh. uh, which I still have oversight uh, right. responsibilities for, uh, which we'll talk more about, uh, sure. I guess, as we uh, go through this conversation. So I started out there as a counselor. Uh, one of the first things that I did there was I assisted a uh, resident with trimming his beard. He saw I had a short trim beard like yours. <laughs> and he said, Yitz, I want to know how to trim my beard. And I said, well, let's get the trimmer. And I showed him how to trim his beard. And to this day, when he sees me on the street, uh, he's living in his, own, in his own apartment now, he says, Yitz, you remember that first day you showed me how to trim? Look at the line under my neck, how straight it is. <laughs> and, you know, it sounds... All it's, it's, to you. Yeah, and it sounds funny. It sounds simple. But, you know, I, gave, I was able to give him a skill in a way that you would never think that that even matters. Right. How many residences are there at this point? There were over 100 residences, 100 people different People would be sites. shocked yeah. in terms of the number of people in the community that right. you and your staff, or now whoever oversees that staff, yeah. is taking care of on a daily basis. There are over 100 residences serving 450 people with disabilities That's throughout an, our neighborhoods it's and It's an unbelievable, and it's, and it's 24 hours a day. 20, well, mo- uh, many the of these, majority yes, of the 24 hours many, many of these have staff in, in their homes 24 hours a day, but the truth is as... Oh, I was saying the opposite. I was saying that the residents... The residents live there. 24 hours a day. There are day. residences that have staff 24 hours a day, right. but today I would say 
to you that um, whereas in the beginning most people lived in residences and group homes with staff all there all the time, right. today uh, a great number of our people live in apartments scattered throughout the community, living independently because mm-hmm. of the war- because of the help they've received from uh, OHEL staff. Uh, what are um, what, what what's the largest number? Of residents that have ever been at 41st Street, like well, it hovers around what number of? Uh, so residents? there are 37 people who live there. That's a lot. There are 37 people who live there. It's three different homes right. that are at that site, uh, and uh, that's pretty much the number that that's there. You can't go above that. Right. That's what we're licensed for. But uh, in in the adult mental health services uh, area, uh, it, there are close to 200. Uh, adult mental health clients who live who live in our uh, residential program. You know, what I, I, I was discussing with someone yesterday the fact that you're going to be here, and um, they, they described to me some of the situations you have to deal with. Now, I'm curious, as as most people would be, if these situations are more prevalent these days. But even early on, if you would list some of the types of things you had to deal with, it would it would amaze us. They, it certainly would. Uh, it amazed me when I first started my work at OHEL almost 25 years ago. Um, I would say to you that uh, all the different kinds of problems that come up with someone who is struggling with mental illness are the kinds of issues that we help people with. So, for example, there are times, I mean, I'll start with, uh, I guess, what would seem like the most obvious. People become, can become suicidal, right? Right. Uh, they need someone to talk to and, and someone who knows how to handle that, not to, you know, run screaming for the hills, but how to really be supportive and to put, get the right supports in place so that they can overcome, you know, that, that situation and, uh, and move on with their lives. And you've dealt uh, with that, uh, unfortunately, more un- than once. Unfortunately, more than once, it's, uh, it's, it's what we do. If right. the phone rings at 3 in the morning or Shabbos during Kedusha, you know, we're on, we're on it. Uh, we're al- the supervisors are always on call. Uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, there's no question about it. This is literally pikuach nefesh. Um, I often tell staff that if we do our jobs right, when clients of Ohel are walking down the street, when they're in their neighborhoods, when they're in shul, if no one knows that anything is amiss, we have done our jobs mm-hmm. well. We've done our jobs right because right. mental illness, unlike a you lot feel of like other conditions, you're like a baseball umpire. 100. percent If things seem normal, you're doing a good that's job. That's right. If nothing happens, <laughs> things are good, and that's really the, that's really the case. That's really the case. Uh, and uh, well, you mentioned suicide, of course, but yeah. the, I mean the, the problems run the gamut. I mean, it could be from depression and its symptoms and and, uh, right. and side effects, right? Eating disorders and uh, right and, and obsessive and, compulsive disorder plus and and relationships with other people they're living with, which that's I'm sure becomes a major challenge. A hundred percent. And so we we have worked. Uh, you know, if I could just steer us a sure. little bit towards the uh, the dinner oh, yeah. in terms of, uh, you know, if Ohel's Walls could talk. So the Gross and Pollock families are really, um, they have been, they, ha- they, are, they are the people who have helped to make adult mental health services to bring it into existence. Back in the, the, earl- in the early 1980s, uh, a group of parents got together and they were wondering what they were going to do and how they can help their young adults live and overcome the struggles that, that come with mental illness. And um, a long story short, that's how Adult Mental Health Services was born, okay? Uh, they approached OHEL, and OHEL worked with the state. That's when it became programs. formalized. That's how it became formalized. And so over the years, I've been at OHEL, as we said, about 25 years. And over the years, I have watched, I have worked with, and been, been privileged to work closely with the Gross and Pollock families as they have challenged us each step of the way to do more. Well, you've, you've established residences for our kids. That's very nice. What about employment? 
What about socialization? Our kids get lonely, just like anyone else. What about socialization? And so OHEL has has embraced that. uh, And uh, today, I'm happy to say we have uh, five or six married couples living in our programs. We've highlighted some of them here. I think we even had uh, either a full or half of a couple here to speak on the air. And uh, and, and it's never-ending. In other words, there's always some other area that is not created, but is discovered to be important that has to be pursued. Correct. There's, uh, that's an excellent point, Nachum. There's, uh, there's always seems to be a need, and thankfully OHEL has been able to be in a position to figure out how to best serve that need. Uh, the Grosses and the Pollocks have, have uh, as I said, they've, they've pushed us through the years. Just now, just the brand new program we opened up um, uh, just to meet the needs of the community is something called the Lodge. The Lodge sounds like a nice place. You might want to stay there. <laughs> not, that, not that you should need to, but the Lodge opened up in July. In, in what uh, area? It's in the area of, it's a residential service for people with mental illness uh, that allows for someone, instead of going to a hospital if they are suddenly experiencing a psychiatric crisis, depression, whatever it might be, that might have ordinarily resulted in an inpatient stay in a hospital. Right. Before it gets to the point where a hospitalization is needed, people can call OHEL. And they can come spend a few days as a guest in a lodge, which is in we have uh, we have space for men, space for women, uh, where they can really work with staff, with peers, with it's professional somewhere staff in New York, in Brooklyn, in Brooklyn, okay. uh, and they can get back to themselves, and thereby avoid becoming. Uh, decompensated to the point where they need to be hospitalized. Yitz Elman is here. That was your creation, the launch? Uh, it is not my creation. It's a pilot study. It's a pilot program with the state, and OHIL is one of just Are they a few impressed with it yet or not? They love it. The state loves it. People, guests who have been to the lodge has, uh, have, have loved it. Staff love it. I love it. So it people can attest to its effectiveness. Very much so. And it's only just a few months old. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Yitz Elman is here. He's Director of Adult Mental Health Services uh, at OHEL. Miriam Weiss is joining us, Director of Development at OHEL, for the last 18 years. And you mentioned uh, Bert and Renee Gross and Rose Pollock. They're going to be receiving the Parents Lifetime Advocacy Award on the 20th of November on behalf of individuals with psychiatric disabilities. Both are parents of adults who live in OHEL residences. They started the Family and Friends, yet another program, I'm sure, Mm -hmm. uh, for Mental Health, Inc., a grassroots advocacy organization that has pioneered programs for individuals with psychiatric disabilities. And because of what they did, OHEL started the residential program that we have been describing. They've been tireless advocates for three and a half decades on behalf of individuals with psychiatric disabilities. They broke barriers of stigma. We know how important that is. Um, forging a more inclusive community, and thanks to them, OHEL has all the above programs in what is now known as the Reader Mental Health Services Center. We'll explain that in a moment. So Bert and Renee and Rose, they'll all be recognized with that award on the 20th of November. Yes, a tremendous opportunity for us. We, and we'll get to uh, the other honorees and other news from OHEL in a moment. I do want to remind everybody that the dinner is November 20th at the New York Marriott Marquis, and you have an opportunity both uh, through the website at OHEL Family. Uh, dot org, um, and, or you could actually go directly to ohelgala.org, ohelgala.org, and by dialing 718-972-9338, 718-972-9338 to participate in the dinner. And as we always say, 
If you have an, an opportunity to go to one, one dinner each year, if you want to be inspired, not just to eat good food and see some nice people, but if you want to really be inspired by incredible stories and they seem to really package it together in a way that goes straight to the heart, then you want to be there at the Ohel dinner at the Marriott Marquis on November the 20th. I'm sure you've been there before, so you can attest that I am truthfully reporting what true, the Ohel dinner is true, like. True words, true words. Miriam Weiss, the, the invitation that people have received... On the front, it says, if these walls could talk, and then when you open up the walls, when you actually open up the flap of the invitation, they're actually talking with people testifying to what? What are people saying through this audio invitation for OHEL? Well, what, what these people are saying is, is that if these walls at OHEL could talk, they would hear stories. They would hear stories of children and adults for the past 47 years. Um, these are the actual stories. These are clips from individuals that OHEL serves foster care kids, um, a women from our domestic abuse shelter, and she is actually saying her story when you open up the invitation. That's the woman we're listening that, to. That's the woman that you're listening to when you open up our invitation. And uh, the story behind this is if the walls at OHEL could talk. They'd have a lot to they'd tell have, us. <laughs> they'd have a lot to tell us. They'd have 47 years of stories of challenges, of despair, but there, there would be more than that, Nachum. As Yitz was saying, we, we also offer soothing voices. We also offer comfort. We offer understanding. We offer hope. And that's, what, that's the story that we want to get across that evening, that OL is there to have heard a lot of these challenges and respond to the challenges, but we're responding with hope and understanding and giving a future to the individuals that we serve. You know what? Well, I'm sorry. I'm going to let you talk in a moment. But you know what testifies to that, in my opinion? And it's funny. As you're saying it, I'm thinking it. The fact that she's ready to talk. The fact that someone is actually, and it's not just someone. You've had many people at dinners and in other forums, videos, etc., come out there and say, I'm a proud recipient of the help. Well, of all of the, the fact that they're ready to do that shows a certain trust and an incredible amount of thanks to the organization. I, I, I think it goes beyond the organization. I think it goes straight to uh, Bert and Renee Gross and Rose Pollock, who broke barriers of stigma and came out there and said, I want to help people with psychiatric disabilities. Right. I'm going to come forward people uh, who are in our shelters who said, I want to help another individual by helping my story. It's all of these people together that have helped to break down stigmas and have helped OHEL to be able to move forward. And we need the community to embrace that. We can only do so much to right. break down stigmas, but we need everybody to come out that evening yeah. and help us to continue to break down and those you've stigmas. Had, and you've had from so many different avenues uh, between government and the community, and I'm sure others, really tremendous generosity. Our community has really come through for OHEL in the past. There's no reason to think they won't again, frankly. A absolutely. We couldn't do what we've done for the past 47 years without the support of the government and a lot of politicians, but especially for the community who's been there to support us. But we ask you to come out again. 100%. Many of our programs run at great deficits. Uh, the government is there for us, but many of these well, you've also proven couldn't exist without the help of the community. And you've also proven that the more funds you have, the more services you're going to provide. I mean, it's not like, uh, it's not like you don't have a track record, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we're, you we're wanted to add. I interrupted you before. Yeah, no, Miriam covered actually what I wanted, <laughs> to, uh, what I wanted to say, because I wanted to add one thing. Uh, uh, 
it's not just about what the crises are that we help people through, but it's also what we like to call the stories of normal. Right. Uh, as we were talking before, I think it, would maybe, it may have been off the air, uh, when nothing happens, things are good. Right. I remember uh, one of our uh, clients was sitting Shiva a few years ago. Uh, it lives in an apartment, an independent apartment in our supported housing program, one of our supported housing programs. And uh, he wanted to have a minion in his house, right? He wasn't sure at first mm -hmm. whether or not he was going to. So um, we got a minion. We got a minion together. And uh, it was like 2 o'clock in the afternoon when he decided he wanted a minion for Mincha. So we you know, got a bunch mm -hmm. of people together. And I was hopeful we'd have, a, we'd have the minion. It ended up we had about 30 people in, squeezed into his apartment. So it created a bit of a scene. One of his neighbors, a firm person who lived next door, looked at us and said, he's sitting Shiva? I had no idea. This is my friend and so on. And I... And I left that feeling, that interaction feeling wonderful because, yes, this is a shiva call. Yes, he's, uh, you know, our client has said that he lost, lost a, uh, a loved one. But here's a neighbor who just, it, it's just a story. Of, right. If I would have known, I would have done, right. I would have, you know, what, like, else, what like can I do? Just right. like any other neighbor, right. a story of normal. All right, we should mention that uh, the lives of Rabbi Harry and Dr. Elizabeth Reeder uh, were, pri were, were unbelievably remarkable when it came to service to our community. Uh, Rabbi Reeder was a vice president, longtime board member at OHEL, Dr. Reeder, a psychiatrist. Together they were pioneers in helping individuals with psychiatric disabilities. Their children, Annette and Dr. Menachem Rubin and Julie and Kenneth Pinzauer, are dedicating the Rabbi Harry and Dr. Elizabeth Reeder Mental Health Services Center in their memory. Now, it's, this is something that obviously is very close to your heart because it's essentially what you've been involved with Near for, and dear, for sure. almost three decades. Yep. And now it'll have a formal name and, and tremendous support. And based on, I, I'm, I'm sure you knew the readers and, and, had, and had met them, uh, and, and based on their reputation, you could only imagine what kind of step this is that their family is memorializing them in this way. This is tremendous. The, uh, what has been known as the uh, Adult Mental Health Services uh, uh, Program at OHEL will now be known as the Rabbi Harry and Dr. Elizabeth Reeder uh, Mental Health Services Center. Uh, and that, it's just, it's tremendous. It really, we are, we're very excited about this. Uh, to finally have a name after almost 30 years. And to the Rubens and the Pinsowers, I would assume that they are accepting the recognition at the dinner. Am I correct? I would guess so. So that's happening on November the 20th, yep. and they invite you, I'm sure, everybody out there to participate. In the new center, they'll have the offices, staff, locations, and programs that serve hundreds of individuals with psychiatric disabilities, programs that include residential, including residences, supported independent apartments, day programs, employment programs, socialization programs, counseling programs. The list goes on and on. That's all going to be under that umbrella. Uh, the center will be housed in the Jaffa Family Campus, set to open in mid 2017 and the Jaffa family campus as you can imagine uh, has a number of builders those who have really stepped up to make this happen first of all Miriam can you give us a an update in terms of the facility are we are we on target for a mid 2017 opening we definitely hope so uh, lots of uh, things happen there every single day and oh, so uh, it, there's activity there. there. There's activity. There's steel. There's floors. There's <laughs> parking. <laughs> this uh, is Flatbush, Brooklyn, right? This is on uh, Flatbush in Flatbush uh, on the corner of Avenue M right. and East 14th Street. We're very excited. It's going to be a hundred thousand square foot building. It's going to consolidate all of OHEL's spaces that are all over Brooklyn right now, all into one one location, one exciting, huge location, where our individuals will be able to be served. All in one place. Under from one our, roof. Under one roof from our day programs to our Marvin Cayley 
um, Tikva Center, to our foster care programs, to our administrative offices. We're very excited that we'll be also opening up a new medical clinic um, along with our mental health counseling. So it'll be really a one-stop shop where everything will be in the same place. This is all going to be there in Flatbush. This is it, all going to be there in this new beautiful building that you know used to be the NBC building. Right. And uh, it ha the building has a lot of history for Flatbush residents, and, and we hope to bring it now to and go new Flatbush. And go tell the founders of OHEL five decades ago that now this is happening. It's, it's just so exciting. It's just uh, incredible. I, th I think that's testimony to people like uh, Rabbi Reeder and Dr. Reeder. They'd be so proud that, they're, that the mental health center is going to be in the Jaffa family campus. No They'd be very proud. They will be proud that we will make them proud that evening. And uh, for somebody like uh, Rabbi Reeder and Dr. Reeder, who I had the privilege of knowing personally over my years at OHEL, this was their vision. This was their vision to be able to see people with uh, disabilities be out and about in the community and be serviced. And all that's going to be happening in the Jaffa Family Campus. We're proud to pay tribute that night to the builders right. of, of the campus, starting with the Jaffa family, who was at the forefront day and night, uh, out there making sure that the building is being happening every single day and I can tell you that something is happening every single day we're getting closer to that goal of actually moving into that space oh, the building opening is going to be an amazing celebration we uh, you know we spoke before about stigma mm -hmm. and I think that it's important to note that the fact that the building is opening up where it is opening up in, in the middle of Flatbush on Avenue M good point uh, it does point. it does speak volumes to where the community has moved in terms of its willingness to accept the fact that people need help and that it's okay to get help and it's okay to get help in the middle of the community just like you get your pizza just like you go right. to your whatever doctor you go to OHIL is there too and uh, we're happy to be there as the saying goes uh, we, we hope to be able to help everyone and we hope that nobody ever needs our help uh, we were given a list of people that you're going to recognize regarding the center itself the Jaffa family you mentioned who are uh, who are great friends of OHEL's children's uh, adults and the Camp Cayley children as well. Uh, Charles, uh, help me with the last name. Is Ch Charles Schwartzapfel. Schwartzapfel, the architect of the Jaffa Family Campus, more than a building project, a labor of love it's being called, putting his heart and soul into designing the building to meet the diverse needs of every client and family at OHEL. Joe Rubin of Rubin Development and Construction, contractors uh, par excellence, and Airmark, Mendy and Hani Schreiber, longtime uh, friends of OHEL who are heating who are the heating and air conditioning contractor, both at a brand-new campus and at many OHEL residences. We also wanted to mention that co-chairing the dinner on the 20th of November, very familiar names to those who have been involved um, it, with OHEL in the community, Aaron Jungreis, Jay Kestenbaum, Dr. Edward Leibovitz, and uh, Shmuel Pollock, all co-chairs of the event. You're all encouraged to be there November 20th at uh, the New York Marriott Marquis in New York City. starts at 5 o'clock with a buffet dinner and the gala program at 6.30, um, join in. Join in and be part of this incredible development after 47 years. Who would think that there could be more and more new things going on at a place like OHEL? It's just amazing how they continue to move forward with all these uh, wonderful brand new pieces of news. You can contact their office at 718-972-9338, 718-972-9338, or ohelfamily.org, ohelfamily.org. It's just want to say in closing, really, uh, if, if uh, now looks like it might be the time to, to do so, uh, our presidents, uh, Meish Hellman and Mel Zachter, always say to us that OHEL is not owned by anyone. 
OHEL belongs to the community. Correct. Um, and uh, I, I can also say to you that everyone knows someone who has been served or is being served by OHEL. And so unequivocally, I could say that with confidence that, that after working at OHEL for close to 25 years, this is indeed the case. And um, uh, though my, my life is spent helping people and working in programs, I am not a fundraiser, not a professional fundraiser in any, in any uh, way. Um, I encourage everyone to come to the dinner to support OHEL, uh, and we will be happy to continue to serve the way that we have with tact, with class, and with professionalism. You know, you said earlier that the OHEL uh, dinner theme is if walls could talk, if OHEL's walls could talk. Come to the dinner, and you'll be able to listen to some of those walls talking. And obviously what I mean is that you'll actually hear uh, audio testimony, both yeah. through video and live presentations, of people who have been helped, and people right. who are helped by OL every single day. Right. And you mentioned Mike Shulman and Mel Zachter. They are the co-presidents, and they ask everybody out there to join OHEL at the dinner and be part of the amazing celebration. Go to ohelfamily.org or dial 718-972-9328. Oh, sorry about that typo. 9338 for information. Uh, all right. Thank you, Yitz Elman. Oh, what did, uh, uh, someone told me that um, I should ask you about Bushkill. That oh, Apparently, there's something that happens in Bushkill, Pennsylvania. There, there absolutely that is. That we would find interesting and right. cool. Right. So, uh, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Gross, uh, at the helm of this project, and, and Mrs. Pollock, and Mrs. Pollock uh, have over the years, over many years now, raised money from friends, from family, so that um, our clients, their children, our clients, people, all of our clients are their children, right. quite <laughs> frankly, uh, are able to go and spend a few days each summer up at, uh, now we've been going to uh, Bushkill, the Bushkill uh, Hotel, uh, where people just can relax. You know, everybody has the opportunity, uh, you know, in their own lives to uh, take off a few days from life, a few days from work. And, um, and we know how rejuvenating that can be. It's incredibly rejuvenating. And I can tell you that year after year, uh, just a few days after this trip is over, clients are already asking, are we going next year? Are we going <laughs> next year? Uh, and what's nice also, by the way, is that first, no government money, no government money That's is all privately used, raised. It's all privately raised. Uh, and where the programs have, have grown and matured and mm. people who receive services from our programs have grown and matured, they're not taking vacations now just from, let's say, going to day programs or looking for thing, things to do. People say to us, our clients, our residential program uh, clients will say to us, I don't know if I can go because I don't know if I can take off time from work. <laughs> and so clients are now asking their bosses right. to take time off, just like you take off from right. work and we take off from work. So we're assisting clients with this. It's, a, again, another story of normal, and, and the Grosses and the Pollocks and, and, uh, and other uh, families really make this possible year after year. Hey. But I'm telling you, it would not happen if not for the Grosses and the Pollocks driving the bus. Not the bus, the actual bus, but <laughs> the, they're not, they are the push behind this, and they make it into a reality. A hey, pleasure having both of you here today. Thank you very much. Thanks very much, Michael. Everyone being there. Miriam Weiss, Yitz Elman, they want you there for good reason on the night of uh, November the 20th, ohelfamily.org. Get in touch with OHEL, make your reservations, and get ready to enjoy what is really a remarkable evening. It is like that every single year. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM Dial Broadcasting Live. In the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey, around the world on the web, jamnam.org, and of course on the NSN app.
JM in the AM. Uh, I've joked with Simcha Liner, who uh, I get to see, thank God, at uh, a variety of locations between the weddings and events that we are at. I joked with him, or he joked with me, uh, a few weeks ago that that at this point, since we we had never um, been in studio together to speak about SL2, Simcha Liner Volume 2, that at this point we would do it, it would really be SL2. Two and a half. Remember, remember, you had that line. That's right. And uh, finally, we get an opportunity to do it, courtesy of our friends at the Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy, the Ray Kushner Yeshiva High School, and the Atid Society. Simcha Liner is here. He will be back in New Jersey on Sunday night, November the twentieth, in what we have been told is uh, really a hallmark event uh, each and every year. The Atid Society always puts on an incredible show. And this year you get the headline. Simcha Liner, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nachum. Where were you last night? Any bandstand? Or, no. Uh, no. Is it at home? You know, the I take these shows very seriously. So. Oh, that's for sure. I've mm-hmm. heard, by the way, I've heard about the sessions that you've conducted in advance of this show already. That's right. So. Yeah, congrats on that. People should realize how much work goes into all this. And uh, Cholamoid was all right. You had a nice Cholamoid was fun, you know. Uh, Twelve performances, fifty-three <laughs> performances. How many officially? No, Sukkot, we keep it under ten. You know, <laughs> do you? Pesach is a little more. Uh, You're the exception. You do all, you do under ten. Under ten. <laughs> no, you should know. A few friends of mine were, were asking me. They were texting me. You know, hey, we're in Israel. We Where see are you? The whole world is here. Where are you? I said, you know, someone has to be in America. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So you had you had the run of all the events. So here. this year I stayed local. Baruch Hashem, and I'm sure it was with great success. Uh, we are joined this morning from a for a we are joined this morning by a representative of the Kushner schools and in that case the Atid Society and that's Mr. Gary Berger, who is the assistant principal K through 12 or as he says to me pre K through 12 over at Kushner, uh, both the uh, Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy and the Ray Kushner Yeshiva High School. It is a pleasure to welcome you here this morning. Thank you, Nachum. It's uh, it's really wonderful to be here after listening to you for so many years oh, to now s- sit in your studio and, and you. be behind the microphone. So thank you. Thank you very much. A- am I exaggerating when I say the Atid Society event each year is really an incredible event? It truly is an incredible event. I, it is the it is the kickoff to our annual campaign, and each year we raise uh, f- in in excess of four hundred thousand. And we are really looking to hit that number this year, if not greater than, and and we need everyone's support in order to do so. Our campaign each year is $1.4 million, and of course we'd like to uh, increase that. Jewish education is something that has uh, has just the the cost. What are the total number of students that Kushner is now servicing or serving us? So we actually have uh, above 750. Pretty amazing number. Yeah. And it's unusual. I shouldn't say unusual. It's sometimes hard to believe that successful campaigns like you just described are kicked off by Jewish music events. Both myself and Simcha Liner can attest to the fact that not all Jewish music events are successful fundraisers. Yours, for some reason, the Atid Society, Atid meaning future, the Atid Society each year puts together an amazing lineup and seems to attract a really enthusiastic crowd. We are very lucky to have um, Murray and Batsheva Halpern, who are very big on the Jewish music scene right. and are bringing in the, the absolute rising talent, and in this case, a, a tremendous talent in Simcha Liner that has really attracted so many people and so many people want to come out and support it and, and have that opportunity to actually be upfront personal with the artists. Our, our auditorium holds about 600 
people. We have a private reception after, but that really gives you an opportunity that if you wanted to go up and shake Simcha Liner's hand, say hello, take a picture with him, those opportunities are there that night. Well, not just that. The kids get to discuss their favorite hits with him. That's the big highlight. Because there's always a song or two that dominates the school year at some point, right? Yeah, and, and <laughs> it always seems to happen. You probably have a song that the, all the kids heard in camp that they're still singing till this point. That's so. definitely the goal. You should know, you mentioned uh, Mari Halpern. Yeah. So when uh, Yochi Briskman had you know, been constantly forwarding me the details from the show, um, at one point I realized that, you know, there's the typical show that we put on, you know, in any location, any city, and then I realized this is going to be something different. Yeah. You know, when I noticed that Mari was involved, um, one day I got a knock at my door, and it's Mari. Mari drove down to Lakewood, or Tom's River, I live right outside of Lakewood, um, and he has an extreme, you know, eye for detail. He wants it to be the best show we can possibly do it. And he was mentioning these numbers to me, you know, yeah, our goal, we're going to raise 400000 you know, I said, shekel, because, you know, this is definitely not going to be, uh, you know, your goals are, are, are set really Lofty high. Goals. Like, Mari said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to achieve this. And uh, the rate it's going, we're, we're, we're going to pull this off. Well, they were looking for somebody. I know this from early on in the process. They were looking for somebody who can appeal to an across-the-board audience. And frankly... It's, I think, an amazing compliment to you that now you are regarded in our Jewish music world as somebody who is attractive as a performer and inspiring as a performer to really everybody across the board. It must make you feel great. You're saying I should reconsider that beard? Not, a, <laughs> not at all am I suggesting any of that. I'm simply saying it's a great feeling, and I'm sure anybody who's had that type of success you know, across the board can attest to the fact that it's just it's amazing when you're able to you know, really go into any segment of the community and have people enjoy your stuff. Ultimately, you know, authentic Jewish music is universal. Right. And as long as you keep it authentic, you really don't, you know, Democrat or Republican. <laughs> it appeals to everyone. No, it's election season, huh? That's right. Sem is spending election day in Odessa, and I'm not kidding. A week from today, you're actually going to be in the Ukraine, right? We'll be, yeah. Well, I'm leaving uh, Matzah Shabbos, right. Hashem, and, uh, and, and I mentioned possible. to my wife it's possible that, uh, we'll never see you again. right now I have a one-way <laughs> ticket, you know, depending on who wins. Uh. Uh, anyway, hope you don't get the last laugh on that one. <laughs> hope you come back and we still have a stable country after election day. The Atid Society, Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy, and the Ray Kushner Yeshiva High School invite you to enjoy Simcha Liner with music by the Yochi Brisman Orchestra on Sunday night, November the 20th. The performance will begin at 7.30. It's at the Dr. Morris Epstein Bernard Stein Auditorium at the Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy, Ray Kushner Yeshiva High School on South Orange Avenue in Livingston, New Jersey. Ticket information, sponsorship information, jkha.org slash atid. Atid is spelled A-T-I-D. That's jkha.org slash atid. Additional information, you can contact Sarah Levinson either at 862 867-8001. That's 862-437-8001. Or you can email slevinson at jkha.org, slevinson at jkha.org. The Atid Society chairs, as we mentioned, Batsheva and Murray Halpern, and they invite everybody to participate on Sunday night, November the 20th. More with Simcha Liner and Gary Berger coming up. What song would you like to do off of SL2? Is there one that you'd like to uh, feature for our audience right now? Sure. Giving um, you the chance to play DJ? Let's do uh, Khan Fenisharm, which That's will be one. featured prominently at the show. I am sure it will be. And you know it's been featured prominently here. Definitely. Who wrote this song? This song was written by Yochanan Gordon, the same composer as Pischili. Oh, nice. His 
father is Larry Gordon of the Five yeah, Town Studio Design. I didn't I mean, know he was a composer. Yeah, cool. yeah, he's an incredibly talented guy, way out of the box, thinks really out of the box. And uh, yeah, there's another song on the album, I, th- I believe Shalom Shalom was written by Yochanan as well. Very nice. All right, this is a great one. It's called Confidence Charm. You're listening to JM and the AM. Simcoe Liner, Gary Berger in our studio. The Atid Society event is November the 20th. More coming up at JM and the AM. Be 
J.M. and the A.M., Simcha Liner, who moments ago uh, made a commitment to tune in to us uh, from Odessa on the NSN app, which is really nice of him. He's gonna, he, he'll be pining. When he's in Odessa, he's going to be pining for how things are in New York and New Jersey. So he'll be tuned in to find out. You know, you know you have <laughs> you're going to miss us when you you're away. You can see where people are listening in right. from. There's going to be that vast, empty territory with that one little Correct. ping. That blip on Odessa, which we're going to notice. JM and the AM, Rabbi Rubin's going to join us. In fact, that could be him calling in right now. Should we, should we give that a shot? Uh, we are told that the principal, uh, head of school, would that be the proper uh, term? The head of school. Uh, at um, uh, the Ray Kushner Yeshiva High School, who has been an amazing friend of ours for a very, very long time, longer than either of us care to admit, frankly. Uh, Rabbi Eli Rubin is with us live from Israel as he travels for a simcha to the Holy Land. Rabbi Rubin, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you very much, Nachum. I still fondly remember the Shabbat we spent together in Manhattan. Gosh, that's a long time ago, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Good to say that again. Uh, well, Mazel Tov on the Simcha in Israel, and Mazel Tov, to, Mazel Tov to what's going on in Livingston, New Jersey. It seems that the, the Kushner schools are off to an amazing 5777 start. What do you say? That's been uh, the pattern for many years already, so thank God we're uh, really thriving and we're in a great place, and our reputation is growing. School has grown around 10% of the population over the last three years, and uh, we keep on building on our successes. Uh, no question about that. Gary Berger, as you know, is here, assistant principal. Simcha Liner, one of the great stars in the Jewish music world, is going to, is here in studio and will be headlining on Sunday, November the 20th, for the Atid Society. From your perspective, Rabbi Rubin, as you, you know the importance of raising funds and supporting Jewish education, and you know just how far that money can go in terms of uh, uh, bringing in staff and programming and recruiting to really bolster the school, uh, how much do you want to encourage people to be there on the night of November the 20th at the Kushner School? It's a great opportunity to celebrate the school and our accomplishments and our very bright and exciting future. And at the same time, provide the necessary and critical funding, around 30%, for us to close the gap between the operations of revenue and the money that we need to raise in order to keep on keeping on to the stride of excellence that we set for ourselves. You know, Rabbi Rubin, you know, and, uh, and you and previous generations and your family so involved in the Jewish community in so many different ways, you know how many amazing organizations there are and how many incredible causes there are out there. Sometimes... Jewish education, which I could argue is the number one cause, uh, gets lost in the shuffle. Am I right about that? I don't know if uh, nothing gets lost in the shuffle. Everyone appreciates the value and the primacy of Jewish education and realizing that it's uh, guaranteeing and assuring the future of our people. But uh, there always seems to be an, an immediate and urgent need that comes up that sometimes to some degree distracts the community and uh, as many have said, it's not It's not that the poor of your own community come first, but the priorities of the own community really have to make sure that gets the first and the most important look before we look outside of our communities. And uh, this is uh, going to ensure that all of those other communities that we support generation after generation has the next generation of the Jewish population that is invested in community, in Torah, in the Dinat Yisrael, college campus life and is fully engaged and understands the importance of leaving co completely committed to our lives. And Malcolm, just a word, a commercial for you. I'm enjoying listening to the uh, your show on your app <laughs> right here in sunny Netanya after a Gishme Bracha. 
And now here I am listening to you right here, word for word, as clear as could be. Well, I greatly appreciate that. And it's funny how you and Natanya are hearing it more clearly than anybody listening on FM radio, which I think is always ironic. Well, there's only (laughs) only one answer to that. (laughs) That's for sure. Uh, We're looking very much forward to our future. Um, uh, You know, it's funny because uh, you mentioned uh, Israel a moment ago, and I remember... I don't even know if you remember this. I don't even know if I, if I had told you this. During one of our journeys to Israel to broadcast, I think it was from the Jerusalem Marathon a couple of years ago, we were on a plane with a bunch of really enthusiastic and incredible uh, Kushner students who were going for the same purpose, to go and raise money to enjoy Israel and to participate in that great event. Is there still an active corridor, as I like to call it, between the Kushner well, students? Absolutely. Thanks to the, the great work of our guidance led by Mr. Gary Berger, who is there with you. Uh, we have, uh, we were the initial school, we were the founding school for the Jerusalem Marathon supporting the Shab organization, uh, which raised, um, through our efforts and our students' commitment and resolve, thousands of dollars, uh, through their running in Jerusalem Marathon. And, uh, we were recognized as the founding yeshiva that today many yeshiva thankfully have joined in our lead, like many other of our initiatives that we take. And, uh, our kids are already preparing and running and training for the next year marathon. This year, we're dedicating all of our resources, our energy, to raise money for the very worthwhile Yachad organization, which we feel so close with. I uh, know that we partner with them on many important endeavors. Uh, and um, do you get an opportunity during these uh, uh, personal visits for a couple of days to see any of the Kushner alumni in Israel? On some trips, yes, but uh, this, this trip is uh, in and out. Uh, we're here for a Brit from my grandson, and... Uh, and as we made the bracha at the at the brick for a Shechianu, I remember how beautiful it is to bring in another beautiful child into Eretz Israel oh. and appreciate the bracha of Shechianu. I'm still getting uh, over the uh, fact that you're a grandfather, no, frankly. Yeah, well, young grandfather. <laughs> That's for sure. We're very proud of not only of our 70% or more of students who spend their gap year studying in yeshivot and seminaries, but I think uh, Gary could probably correct me. Currently, we have maybe... Three or four students serving in combat units in Saho. The one Tanchanim, Givati, and there's one unit which I cannot mention out of uh, secrecy that I swore to the family that our boy is today making sure that Amisrael is protected in, in many, many sophisticated ways. I, 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 so we're very proud of all of our students. And now I got to tell you the story that I don't know if I ever told you, and that was that in the summer of 2014, uh, Miriam Wallach and I were standing on the border uh, with Gaza with a bunch of Israeli soldiers, and one, one of the people who was coordinating this visit introduces us to all these soldiers, and one of them, and one of them comes over to me and says, you're Nachum Siegel, and I'm like, you know, I'm completely taken aback, and he goes, he goes, yeah, I used to listen to you every day, I went to Kushner, I, live in, <laughs> I was from Livingston, New Jersey, <laughs> so I'm like, my God, I can attest to the fact that your graduates are in fact serving and protecting the land of Israel. That's correct, and you can go find our students in leadership positions in Hillel, from Chabad, across the universities in the United States, we're very proud of our students who graduate. But uh, we're not looking only at our past successes. We look at every single student every day and look for the best for them, meet them where they are, create a safe and secure learning environment so they can prosper and grow and reach every absolute potential that God has given them. Pretty amazing. Rabbi Rubin, thank you so much for joining us. Mazal tov to you. Thank you. I'd like, uh, um, if Murray is a Simcha Lina, we're excited to participate in the Atid um, performance, which every year is one of the highlights Mm. of our annual campaign. Today we have uh, exactly enough, and you'd be happy to hear, 750 students rounded out 
perfectly to that number that uh, wow. after several years of growth, we're happy to reach that number, which is uh, it just resonates as we say it. And we hope, look forward to everyone to join us at the Etsy performance, to hear some Kalina, support our school, appreciate all of what we're, what we're doing and help us build our future by, by securing our present. So we thank all of our donors, our contributors, our friends, and Nachum, we thank you for giving us an opportunity to speak about the Ray Kush Yeshiva High School and the Joseph Christian Hebrew Academy so that our listeners far and wide could hear about the exceptional school that we are, we're promoting today. I thank you for that, and it's always a great event, as we've been saying, and always a successful one, thank God. Uh, enjoy the 20th of November, and again, the Siatova, and thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. And Mazal Tov, there he is, Rabbi, Rubin, uh, Rabbi Eli Rubin, principal, head of school, Ray Kushner Yeshiva High School, traveling in Israel. Simcha Liner is in our studio. Gary Berger is here, assistant principal over at Kushner. He got those statistics right, huh? 750, plus you get the opportunity each year to meet with seniors who I would imagine are very excited about spending a year in Israel. Yes, that's, I, I think that's one of my, <clears throat> my personal biggest regrets is not having had that opportunity to do the year in Israel. And each year when I meet with students and, and we have a wonderful uh, staff, we're actually, uh, Rabbi Stephen Hershey and Norma Mintz spend a lot of time with our boys and girls um, going over all of the different options in Israel. And when I meet with them, I always tell the story how I wish I could go back in time and, and yeah, get that year back. Yeah, tell them not to take it for granted. And, and don't take it for granted, yeah. that is for sure. And what, what's really amazing is from a college perspective, Many times we're hearing from college reps, from the admissions counseling at, at the different universities, top universities from NYU and, and Yeshiva University and, and Columbia, saying that our students that are coming back from these gap year programs are excelling in their classes and just and also taking tremendous leadership positions at the at the Hillel's and the Chabad on campuses. So it's really nice. Yeah, look, it's a tremendous uh, a tremendous base and really a perfect way to round out a high school education, frankly. Uh, the wonderful year in Israel. Uh, Simcha Liners here in our studio. The Atid Society event is Sunday night, November the 20th. Uh, Livingston, New Jersey, uh, to benefit the Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy and the Ray Kushner Yeshiva High School. Uh, we mentioned that uh, you're going to be heading to Odessa next week. The travel schedule, I would assume, continues to be a full schedule. Am I right? Yeah, especially getting to Odessa, I think we uh, utilize all four modes of transportation, <laughs> like carriage, boat, plane, and foot. There might be more than that. Who knows? <laughs> so, it's definitely an interesting place. But we were actually shocked when we uh, the plans were underway. This this show is really unique. How many people in that arena? It's about There, there will be about 2,000 people there. Um, what? Yeah, they're busing in from all over Ukraine, the Jewish communities. They're joining together for an unbelievable show. We have a full on a regular Tuesday night. Tuesday night, which, by the way, is the weekend in Ukraine. I think they work on Mondays ah, and Thursdays. Interesting. Um, <laughs> no, so they have. Uh, we're actually featuring um, a Philharmonic Orchestra as well. Right. The, there's going to be local group, all local musicians, unbelievable musicians. Uh, Yochi Briskman is actually in route now. He's to, going there uh, now to rehearse with them and prepare. We have arrangements written. 2,200 sheets of music have been printed for this orchestra to play. So the amount of work that went into this is unbelievable. At the same time, um, we were hard at work putting together a unique show for Kushner. Um, yeah, I heard it's going to be a, because This is going to test your versatility, it, I'm told. It will definitely test some uh, you know, genres that I haven't right. done much of, although um, I did get a chance to practice some of the stuff at a recent uh, event in Canada, 
where it was a history of Israel um, event. Oh, nice. So I'm basically going to, you know, utilize some of that uh, material and take it up a level to, uh, we have this medley that goes through the history of Israel in song. Nice. And, uh, yeah, really looking forward to that. Uh, and who will be with you? The the orchestra will not be a philharmonic orchestra, I would assume, but it will be a full orchestra. It will be a small philharmonic. There you go. Um, a small it'll be the Yochi Bersman Orchestra. Um, I don't So Yochi's going to lead the orchestra, obviously, it's that It's his night. orchestra. Right. Um, you know, he puts together the group that travels the world with us right. and uh, the people I'm really comfortable working with. So if you're worried, guys out there worried about the music, that's one thing you can definitely uh, check off the it'll list. It'll be well taken care of. Um, but as... Uh, I think Gary mentioned that it's a relatively small arena. There's like 600, uh, small auditorium. I think there's six, 600, 600 seats. seats, which is really uh, special for me because, you know, with the large, you know, Brooklyn College, there's like 2,600 seats mm-hmm. or something or even more. You lose that sense of personal, you know, connection with the audience at some, to some degree, past at least the first four or five rows. Um, this is actually a unique experience to really get to interact personally with the crowd, and I'm excited for that. The reception is after the event, correct? Is after the concert. Yeah, there's actually a a private reception. Uh, the Atid Society, in addition to uh, to coming to a concert and supporting us in that way, the, the Atid Society allows for um, members of the Atid Society. Membership starts right. at uh, at a thousand dollars to be a member of mm-hmm. Atid, and then y- there is a private uh, dinner that happens before, catered by Crystal Plaza, which is an sure. excellent uh, excellent catering that Murray and Bacheva have arranged for the members. So that is a wonderful uh, opportunity as well to, uh, to meet other members and get special seating to the, to the concert. One of the other things that's really special about this concert for us as a, as a high school, if I take the high school mm-hmm. part of this and also some of the, the middle school students, is for the, for the first time... In a while, I've seen students right. so excited That's when, what they, I figured. when these posters went up, even right. this morning. I'm telling you, these kids know a couple of liner songs by heart, probably, a- because of their school and camp experience. I, I, last night at home, <laughs> I said, I'm going to the studio tomorrow, and Simcha Liner's going to be there. And I have, I have two teenagers that were, could we go? Is, you know, how, can we, how can we make that happen? Could, is there any way? And I said, you better well, take you, some pictures. you gotta, you got to wake up super early. And they were like, oh, it's like then a teenager in sleep. Say, then like, you reminded yourself they're teenagers. <laughs> exactly, and I know I just got a, a text from uh, Rabbi Klibanoff, who's uh, trying to get me to play songs that his his kids want. <laughs> Wait, well, which song does he want from Simcha Lina? Let me uh, hear. We'll so do anything for Rabbi Klibanoff's family. A, a special shout-out to Rabbi Klibanoff. You he can say a, that again. A they one, want one of a kind rabbi. They want Birchas Habanim. He wants Birchas Habanim? That's what his kids want. But it's, uh, it's, it's certainly all this excitement surrounding, uh, surrounding Simcha has been wonderful. Let's say that again. Uh, what do you attribute the success to? The, the, the SL2, the most recent CD, most recent album, has been off the charts, correct? Thank God. I, I mean, it's so. incredible. And you tell us, aside from what every artist says in the, in the chair you're sitting in, that it has to do with having good songs. What, what is it? What do you think, in addition to that, has been the success? Right. Um, authenticity. That It's all about staying pure and true to Jewish music. There's so... There's so much temptation, you know, to especially, you know, you can you can look at it from an economic perspective. Right. Of, you know, the cost of producing music today um, digitally is, is pennies on the dollar compared to what right. we're used to. But there's nothing like sitting, you know, in studio surrounded by a full orchestra, um, you know, writing 
parts for full string sections, you know, the way it's the way music was intended to sound. Right. And I think people really connect to that. You know, one of the the things that gives me most pride in uh, my music career, as you can call it. Um, you know, for example, this past Shabbos we spent in the a hotel in in Westchester with the uh, Silber family, mm-hmm. um, who are making a wedding next week. Unfortunately, I'll be out of the country. Um, they made an ofrof, and a lot of the friends, the Hassan's friends, were telling me, you know, I don't listen to much Jewish music, but I know every single one of your songs. And to me, that was like, you know, nachas. What can I? What can I say? Uh, there's, there's not much, uh, especially because you know we're we're not trying to fool anyone here. This stuff is is straight from the heart. It's Jewish. It's pure. It's real. And here's the birchas habanim that I think our uh, listeners had in mind. Simcha Liner's here. We finally get to speak about SL2 on the radio, and of course, he is the uh, headliner for the Atid Society event with the Yochi Brisman Orchestra on Sunday night, November the twentieth, starting at seven thirty p.m. Information at eight six two. Four three seven eight thousand one eight six two four three seven eight thousand one on the website it's jkha.org jkha.org this is JM in the AM. Shabbat <laughs> 
Snuck into another Simcha Liner song there. How do you like that? That was um, the Birchus um, Abundam uh, that was requested. Special good morning to the Klibanoff family from all of us here at JM and the AM. Simcha Liner has pointed out that in addition to getting concert information for any performance uh, where he is performing, whether it's Odessa next week or on the 20th at the uh, Atid Society for the Kushner Schools, whatever the case may be, uh, the website uh, is also a way that you can actually contact Simcha Liner, and the web address is... The web address is linerlive.com. Simple as that. That's right. Linerlive.com. Constant information is all up there, and you can uh, uh, yes. follow what Simcha Liner is doing. People, I'm sure, are 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 shouting at their uh, at their radios um, for me to ask you about upcoming recordings. Anything that's uh, that's happening at the moment that we should know about? Yes, I mean this uh, show in Odessa. There's actually a large group of uh, people coming in from the U.S. and Canada. Seriously. Um, Anyone's welcome to join. There's a, a link on Liner Live to for some more information. I know it's a little bit last minute, but uh, it, it should be an, an incredible experience. Are there not and enough Liner concerts in North America that well, people are traveling to Odessa? I, I, I think they're <laughs> they're uh, anticipating the Kushner concert being sold out, <laughs> so, so they're, they're preempting uh, the funny. show with a. That's funny. Um, no, this is. I mean, it is a one of, one of a kind, you know, yeah, performance. I know that they're going to be a tour. Around right. the uh, revival of the Odessa community that will take place as well, um, but we're definitely featuring a couple new songs at the show. So, recordings, videos, you know, Bezrat Hashem. You've at this point recorded songs composed by how many different people? Would you Ooh. estimate? Um, Is it over twenty? Have you used songs that, from over twenty? That's probably composers? around the number we're looking. And at. And I say it like that because it was the song selection process, obviously, as we've discussed here a million times, is painstaking and difficult. Oh yeah. And mm-hmm. you're trying to figure out what people are going to like and what will inspire people, et cetera, right. et cetera. But it's it's just so incredible how the you know the entire piece gets put together from so many little pieces from different composers. And yeah. we we do take pride in the fact that. If you look at the album cover, most of the names of the composers are not mainstream, right. you know, commercial composers. They are 
you know, regular people that wrote a song and emailed it to me. and uh, Who until then know, were unknown. Peschili, you know, right. which is a, a household song at this point. Um, was he had never written a song before that, prop, you know, that that went anywhere. Um, and then you know you take the someone like Yochi Briskman who can take a demo, you know, a song. Oh, and Yochi's so good at at selecting that songs. into uh, you know what, what will hopefully be a commercial hit. That oh, is, he is good at that. You know, boy. That, that is what makes Yochi uh, special. So you know, I, Nachum, I just wanted to bring up. Uh, people are mentioning the transition here from sure. from live on the radio live live on the ear going all digital that's right you know something i believe that on the way home from the hospital <laughs> when i was born we were listening to 91.1 <laughs> and we had to switch it to 90.1 as we got closer when to you were a couple of days old that's huh? right that's right gosh yeah you're making me feel old uh, but you're one of the people but and it's funny because i'm taking very careful note of who in our jewish music industry are are enthusiastic about this incredible change that's coming up and who are what I like to call naysayers. And you're one of those people that has been at the top of the list of people that have been encouraging us and are thrilled by this news as we go into the future, so to speak. There is no better time to switch, you know, to digital like now, especially, you know, everyone. You're driving in a car within two years, a year or two, your car will be connected whether or not you have your phone on you. It's 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 Correct. bound to be... You know, the general accepted. Let's get on the bandwagon before right. we're competing for uh, that that attention. We've announced that we want to be there first, and that's our intention. And we're moving uh, full steam ahead. And I thank you for the support and others, colleagues of yours, who have been very supportive. We've gotten some really nice comments from people. Absolutely. I mean, the Nachum Siegel Network app is is on the homepage, is on the front, you know, iPhone screen and my nice. my phone, my wife's phone, and. Uh, yeah, we have a little internet radio um, device in the in the house that doesn't require a phone or anything. Right. It just links right on. Oh, the you're stream. really set up. We, we've been waiting you, for you, this you've day. You've been preparing we, for this before we were. <laughs> you're good. <laughs> you know, you mentioned the blackout in the studio last right. night. That was us. We're just trying to get this to come quicker. <laughs> you want the radio <laughs> off the air? That's it. Well, Sim Holliner, uh, good luck on the twentieth. It's going to be an amazing show. I can guarantee you that. Yochi Brisman Orchestra, the Atid Society. Livingston, New Jersey. Everybody out there, get your uh, tickets and information by dialing 862-437-8001. You can go to the website, jkha.org. Gary Berger, assistant principal at the Kushner Schools. I hope you will send regards to everybody in Livingston today. Absolutely. You have an amazing student body. We met a lot of your students, not just on my trip to Israel, but we met students of yours in this building during our fundraiser. Sure. Uh, always, uh, always wonderful. Good luck in the, uh, you know, today's Yeshiva League sports update day, so good luck on the Hockey and basketball fronts. I know those are very important fronts these days for schools. Am I right? You are. You are definitely good, right. Good thank teams so can help high schools recruit, can't they? You are absolutely <laughs> correct in that. So uh, thank you. So good luck and have a wonderful five seven seven seven. It's about Shevin Murray Halpern. Enjoy the event. Uh, they have worked hard. I could tell you, as I mentioned to you off the air, that Murray spoke to me about this. I believe the first time was uh, right around Pesach time. Uh, so they take this very seriously and they know that they are uh, at the helm of a very successful event, please God. And can we wrap up with the song that I want to wrap up with? Would that oh, be all right? please. We'll close out with this Simcha Liner hit off of SL2. And I thank both Simcha Liner and Gary Berger. It is, in fact, a Tuesday morning broadcast at JM in the AM.
My thanks to Simcha Liner and to Gary Berger. A great morning here at JM in the AM, that's for sure. 
Thursday. Thursday is the great, I don't want to say debate, it's going to be an election forum on Thursday. Uh, David Greenfield, New York City Councilman, will join us on the Democratic side. Jeff Balaban, a commentator and um, activist on the Republican side. And uh, we will have that discussion in hour number three of JM and the AM on Thursday, a pre-election forum. Our uh, election forums, which were supposed to take place uh, actually in different areas, have morphed into an on-air presentation, and we'll, we'll probably explain why on Thursday. Um, we just felt that at this point of this election is the appropriate thing to do. And um, that'll happen Thursday morning. Uh, well, many of you are aware of the fact that Rabbi David Halpern, a rabbinic giant, uh, passed away this past weekend. And as I said to them yesterday, uh, the f- some of the first people, two of the first people that I thought of when I heard the news of Rabbi Halpern's passing uh, were um, Ronnie and Larry Birnbaum, who have joined us a million times. And they have the distinction of having escorted Rabbi Halpern to our studio four years ago on the occasion of his 60th anniversary with the Flatbush Park Jewish Center. It was an incredible morning, and this morning, this morning, right after JM and the AM, for those of you listening at NahumSiegel.com and on the NSN app and on our listen line, etc., etc., we are going to replay during JM Rewind, right after JM and the AM, just minutes from now, that visit from Rabbi Halpern to our radio station four years ago. Larry Birnbaum, welcome back to JM and the AM. Thank you so much, Nachum. It, it's... Um very, very mixed feelings that I'm speaking to you this evening, uh, uh, this morning, pardon me, this morning. Um, I, I just want to say a few wonderful words about uh, my wonderful, wonderful rabbi, Rabbi David Zandel Ben Shlomo. He was such a tzaddik, such a wonderful person. Um, he, he was a visionary. When uh, you're talking you're, 64 years ago, he came to Mulbasin. It was nothing there. There was uh, a couple of Jews there, uh, not a community. Um, the Milbasin was like unheard of. No one knew what it was. And he looked at it and he said, this is a place to come, raise a family, be Jewish. And his vision is what built the Milbasin community into the thriving community that is today. You know, you knew him as an insider. You knew him as a resident of the community, somebody who uh, enjoyed his incredible pastoral service for so many decades. I knew him as an outsider, somebody who was familiar with the rabbinic scene, but, uh, you know, did not live in the community that you're describing. And to us, to us outsiders, he was simply a rabbinic giant, someone who carried himself the way a rabbi should somebody who was an incredible example for old and young alike, somebody who represented the Jewish community in the most dignified fashion one can imagine. I'm sure you agree with all of that. Oh, absolutely. When you say representative, you know, you have all these um, uh, people that come uh, on your air, congressmen and senators. Uh, Chuck Schumer got his start in Mulbasin with Rabbi Halpern. Um, We don't want to talk about Anthony Weiner, but he was at the 60th anniversary dinner. Wow. there's, there's so many things that the, that the, uh, the people, the, all the community leaders, used to come to Rabbi Halpern to seek his advice before running for office, for, before doing anything, anything that was concerning Israel. They would contact Rabbi Halpern. We had the largest uh, shul in the community um, since uh, 1952. Um, 
you know, uh, Rabbi Halpern was the leader of, of so many uh, different types of things in Milbasin. We started, you know, Triple SJ, when people talk about uh, saving Soviet Jewry. Yep. It started here in Milbasin with Rabbi Halpern, that he, uh, with the, the leaders of the shul at that time, uh, Bernie Deutsch and Schlesinger, they, they started rallies here for Triple SJ. The rabbi um, got arrested. <laughs> we're not happy to talk about it, but, uh, you know, he was arrested on one of the protests. Um, he spoke in uh, Congress. He did the uh, opening benedic- uh, benediction for opening session of Congress. Um, you know, the rabbi was such a special, special person. He was just very welcoming to everyone in the community. Um, the, he's, everyone he considered in the community was his close personal friend. He inquired always about their children, what the children did. He started, you're talking in the 60s, of sending, you know, before Kirov was a key word, he was sending um, Purim packages and Hanukkah packs to kids who were going off to college, keeping in touch with people, even people who moved out of the community. He was in contact with all these people over the years, and he remembered everything about everyone. He would talk about um, the children, how's this son doing, how's the daughter, how's that. He just when um, just the connections that he kept with everybody, um, it, and he made Milbasin into such a vibrant community. When you talk about you know Israeli bonds and and JNF and uh, UJA, every year we had programs to uh, to refa- run fi- uh, fundraisers for all these organizations. Yeah, uh, Amuna and Amit was very very strong in our community due to the hard work of the rabbi and the Rebetzin that. Um, just did everything. I remember in 67 when they had the, the war, we, it was packed, the shul was packed, and we had speakers outside. People were filling into the street on Avenue U. You couldn't even walk into the shul. There were so many people and stuff to raise funds for, for Israel in 1967. He, um, was, uh, he was the rabbi's rabbi, no question about it. Incredible no leadership. Question. The way he, he was and the way he talked and the, the speeches and the... Uh, um, he was like a Renaissance man. You know, you could talk to him about opera, the Mets, uh, you know, anything and everything. He, he was there for you and there for your family. If you literally meet him at 3 o'clock in the morning, he was there at 3 o'clock in the morning coming over to your house. Yeah, we remember Rabbi David Halpern, Larry Birnbaum joins us. And now I ask you, as, as we're about to embark just a couple minutes from now on the conversation that I that I noted, the visit uh, in 2012 to the radio station, do you remember that morning with Rabbi Halpern? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And we had an opportunity to speak with him then about the first 60 years of the Flatbush Park Jewish Center and the incredible celebration that was uh, that was being planned at that time. It was back in May of 2012. That conversation coming up three minutes from now at NahumSiegel.com and on the NSN app as part of our JM Rewind program. And um, it really, it was an odd, I, I'm sure you remember my reaction of having someone like him in our studio. It was just remarkable. Absolutely. You know, and I, I tell you, it's not just your reaction. It's the action of everybody. Yep. If anyone came, listened to his speeches, had conversations with them, they just walked away and said, that's a rabbi. Yep. You know, and it, it's, uh, you know, I hate to say that, you know, uh, it's, it's the rabbis of that era, you know, you're talking, uh, you know, uh, Schreier and and uh, and Glickstein and Wolfson and and Pamser and all the rabbis that and Schaffman. These were these were a class of rabbis that um, just were community 
oriented and just, you know, gave of themselves so much, you know, to the communities and to, and to Yiddishkeit to make it uh, really what we are today. No question about it. Larry, thank you so much. That interview is coming up next. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Larry Birnbaum with words of memory of, um, uh, the, on the passing of Rabbi David Halpern. The uh, conversation that we had with Rabbi Halpern when the Birnbaums, Ronnie and Larry, brought him to our studio back in May of 2012, that conversation is coming up next right after JM and the AM. Uh, tune in to NahumSiegel.com, the NSN app, our listen line, and you'll be able to hear that during the JM Rewind program. It, is re- it was an amazing morning to relive so many decades of modern Jewish history. Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM dial broadcasting live in the Sony and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmnam.org, and of course on the NSN app. And that conversation is coming up next during JM Rewind. Thank you so much to all of our guests this morning. A really uh, action-packed Tuesday here at JMNAM on this Rosh Chodesh morning. Our election special with the Honorable David Greenfield and Jeff Balaban is Thursday at 8 o'clock Eastern time right here at JMNAM. You want to uh, analyze with them the uh, 2016 vote, you get your chance Thursday morning. Have a fabulous Tuesday. Till tomorrow, Alchem Segal reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.